Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Life Church Canton podcast. My name is Jared Van Vorst, and I'm one of the pastors at Life Church, and I'm the host for the show as well. Thank you so much for joining us. We are uh, finishing up a series that we're in called 21 Days of Prayer, and this is a sermon from Pastor Daniel Figbui, and he talks about the prayer of thanksgiving. And I hope you enjoy it. I want to let you know just a couple quick things that we always like to remind everybody of. If you are not currently subscribed to this podcast, uh, go ahead and do so. That will help you be reminded whenever a new one comes out, a new sermon comes out, and then you'll have access to that. Also, uh, if you are looking for a church or an organization uh, to give to, we believe wholeheartedly in the mission of, of Life Church. And, um, and what we get to do in terms of uh, discipleship, in terms of justice needs in our community. And so um, we'd love for you to consider giving to Life Church. And the way to do that is by going to lifechurchcanton.org slash give. And you can find out how your giving makes an impact. But then also uh, the steps to, to give are pretty simple as well. Um, also, if you're just looking for ways to get connected to Life Church, go to lifechurchcanton.org slash now. That's our now page, and it has all of our most up-to-date information about things that are coming up, uh, different events that are happening, either digitally or in person. And so we'd love for you to check those out. Uh, and now, here is Pastor Daniel with 21 Days of Prayer on Thanksgiving. Our text today will be 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. We'll be in verse 8. And I'll be reading from the Holman Christian Standard Version. Give thanks in everything, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. One more time. Give thanks in everything, for this is God's will for you and I. In Christ Jesus. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so, so, so much for your gift of Christ. We thank you for the gift of your word. Now, Lord, we ask that the spirit of the living God would allow us to interface with God, even in his word, that everything we do today will be done to the glory of God. And all God's people said, amen, amen. Please be seated. How you doing, Life Church? All right. Online, we welcome you as well. I know who that is now, so I'll have to search. But we're glad to be together. Now, for the past three weeks, we have been in a series called 21 Days of Prayer. And in this series, we have been unpacking the spiritual discipline of prayer. Now, if you recall, in the first sermon in this series, we define spiritual disciplines as those practices that encourage and promote our spiritual development. And the practice of prayer is a very important spiritual discipline. In fact, other than time spent in God's word, it could be said, an argument could be made that the spiritual discipline of prayer is the most important spiritual discipline. That it's the most important discipline for our spiritual growth. The reason I say that is because the act of prayer is the privilege and the act of communing with God, of speaking to the God who made us. At the very core of prayer is the ongoing submission of oneself, one's mind, body, and spirit to God in order to make a request. 
Question for you. Does your life reflect the important role of prayer? Does it reflect the important role of ongoing communion and communication with God? Now, so far in this series, we've spent time unpacking the definition of prayer. But not only that, we've also begun to look at important different types of prayer. We've explored specific types of prayer, prayer like intercession, prayers of intercession, prayers that are offered to God on behalf of other people. We've also unpacked prayers of lament, prayers that express our grief and sorrow to God, our grief and sorrow over our personal sins, our grief and sorrow over the brokenness of our world, crying out to God for his intervention. Today, we're going to explore yet another type of prayer, prayer of thanksgiving. Or simply said, we're going to explore the practice of giving thanks to God. Well, this brings us to our text for the day. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18. In this text, we're going to unpack at least three observations about the prayer of thanksgiving. First, we're going to unpack the duty of thanksgiving. We're going to look at the fact of whether we are called or duty-bound by God to give thanks. Then we're going to look at the domain of thanksgiving. When and where are we supposed to give thanks? And then finally, we're going to unpack the driving force behind thanksgiving. What enables us to give thanks? How are we able to give thanks in everything? But before we unpack these three observations, let's define terms. What exactly do we mean by give thanks? Now, in our culture today, giving thanks is sometimes nothing more than an insincere but polite and necessary tradition. We give thanks to people. We we say thank you because we're expected to. But in reality, our words are hollow because they're built out of mere obligation. I've got to say thanks to you. You did something for me. I'm obligated to say thank you. But this is not what the Bible means when it says thank you. When the Bible talks about giving thanks, it uses an interesting word, a word that you may have heard before if you're from a Roman Catholic background or if you've been familiar with Christianity for some time. The Greek word is eucharisto or eucharisteo. That's where we get the word eucharist from. You may have heard that before. See, this word here, give thanks, it carries with it a sense of worshipful and heartfelt gratitude. It is intentional. It is giving thanks to someone because they've done something for you and on your behalf. It's informed. It's intentional. It's not empty platitudes alone. It's not just being polite, but it's a deep-seated thank you that you did something for me that perhaps nobody else can do for me. Question for you. When and if you give thanks to God, is it sincere? Is it sincere? Do you truly feel grateful? Or perhaps, like many of us, do you just go with emotions? I'm supposed to give thanks, so I guess I got to be thankful. If I can be honest with you, which I should be through my whole sermon, shouldn't I? (laughs) If I could be more candid with you, right? Uh, Or as we say back in my neighborhood, if I could keep it really real with you, this is one of the areas where I struggle. Giving thanks to God. Giving thanks in everything, God? Given the circumstances of the last few years, folks, I have found it hard to give thanks to God. I have found it difficult to be thankful 
with all of the weight of the world, all the things that are going on in our nation, everything that's going on, I have found it hard to be thankful. If not for God and his word, I would be a bitter, angry man. Friends, if we're not careful, the world has a way of robbing us of the joy that we have in Christ. Amen? The state of our world, the state of our churches, the state of our families can cause us to be bitter and even angry at God, creating within us a heart of ingratitude, causing us to to hate the very person who loves us unconditionally. So perhaps more than ever, perhaps more than any other time, given the state of humanity, we should look to God for how we are able to have a heart of gratitude even in the midst of chaos, even in the midst of disappointments, even in the midst of pain and suffering. Lord, how can you command us to give thanks? I'm glad you asked. Let's unpack that. This brings us to our first observation about thanksgiving. We're going to look at the duty of thanksgiving. Let's look at our text. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18. Give thanks in everything, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. The phrase here, give thanks, has, has, has to do with, um, with, with just a, a sense of, it's an imperative verb. It is what is called the imperative mood in Greek. And what that simply means is that it is a command and an urgent uh, request. It's not a suggestion. It's not a, a polite request that, hey, would you, would you please be, give thanks? It's imperative. It's, it's a command from God to give thanks. By using the imperative move, Paul is letting us know that, 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 that the request, the command to give thanks is the Christian duty. It's our duty. We are called to it. We are commanded by God. It's repeated throughout all of Scripture. In fact, here are a few verses for you to consider. Look at Colossians chapter 3, verse 17. And whatever you do in word or in deed, everything we do has to do with words or deeds. See, it captures everything, right? Whatever you do in word or deed, do it all in the name of Jesus Christ. Uh, What does that mean? That means you do it in line with the character of who Jesus is. But then it says, giving thanks to God the Father through him, through Jesus Christ. So we are commanded that in any and everything you do, whether word or deed, give thanks. Here's another thing for you to look at. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1. First of all, first of all, before anything else, Timothy... I urge you and the church to give, to, to, to supplicate or to, to give supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving. Let it all be made on behalf of all people. Here we see three types of prayers. We see supplications, which are essentially prayers of lament. We see prayers, which are regular requests. Then we see intercession. So that's three. But then we see thanksgiving. Let it be made for all people at all times. So is there ever a, a time when we shouldn't give thanks? Y'all know I'm a Baptist preacher. Y'all got to talk back to me now. <laughs> but not only is the command to give thanks repeated and highlighted throughout Scripture as a major duty and characteristic of Christians, Something interesting also happens in Scripture. Scripture also highlights the absence of gratitude as a characteristic of those who don't know God. So on one hand, those who know God, those who have a relationship with God, are characterized by gratitude. So on the other hand, those who don't know God, who walked away from God, are characterized by ingratitude. That makes sense, right? Because if you don't know God, you don't like God, you don't want to be around God, how can you be thankful? 
to that God. In fact, in Romans chapter 1, verse 21, Paul lists, lists a litany of sins that, that, uh, that, characterize, that characterizes those who rejected God. And wouldn't you know it, ingratitude is in that list. He lists these sins that show that you are not saved. Sins and attitudes and characteristics that show that you are far from God. And in one of those, ingratitude. Look with me, if you will, Romans chapter 1, verse 21. For though they knew God, they did not glorify him as God. I can unpack that for a couple of hours. Or show gratitude or give thanks. Paul says people who are without God will always fail to give thanks to God. They would much rather credit luck, the universe, some higher power, or even themselves for their own success. Even for their own existence, they would credit everybody else but God. Here's the interesting thing, though. In some form of twisted logic, people who reject God, atheists, irreligious people, will always find some way to blame God when things go bad. Think about that. The world always, when things go bad, the world always seems to find some kind of way to ask the question, where is God? Stop me when I'm lying. But when things are going well, when life is well, when all things are firing in all the cylinders, they seem to neglect to credit the same God that they're willing to blame when things are bad. Amen? Some form of logic that makes sense. When things are going well, when life is okay, God isn't being thanked. But as soon as life goes bad, where is God? Where is he? Same place he was when you didn't thank him. Same place he's always been. God has never changed. Friends, this is not the characteristics of Christians. This is not the characteristics of those who know Christ. You see, unlike those who do not know God, unlike those who do not have a relationship with God, gratitude is part of our DNA. Why? Because we of all people know the goodness and the greatness of God in Christ Jesus, that he died for us, the bloody cross. My brother yesterday texted me and told me that the greatness of God's love is not measured in what you have, but it's measured in the cross. That he would leave heaven and die for us, but he didn't stay there. He also raised himself up for us. Question for you. Do you find it hard to give God thanks? Do you know why that is if you do? Could it be that secretly somewhere in the crevice of your heart, you credit your own self for your own success? Could it be? I pulled myself up by my own bootstraps. First of all, that's illogical. Because if you did, you would fall. You ever try to pull yourself up by your own bootstraps? This brings us to our second observation. The domain of thanksgiving. We've already seen the duty, right? We've been called, commanded by God to do so. But let's also see the domain of it. The text says give thanks in everything. Everything, Lord? Paul offers no excuse or exception for not giving thanks. He gives us no caveat, no, no way out, no escape. He says we are to give thanks in everything. The word here, everything, 
means what? Everything. You guys went to seminary too, amen? Everything. The word here means, it's the Greek word empanti. It carries with it the idea of everything and anything that comes with living life. Any, any experience with life. Everything. There are no limitations or confines to when and where we are meant to give thanks. In every circumstance, at every point, no matter the atmosphere, we are told to be thankful. Now, as you hear that, as you hear that God has commanded us to be thankful in every situation, is that what you're telling me, preacher man, that God wants me to be thankful in every circumstance? Does he know what I'm going through? You can answer that yourself. Does he or doesn't he? Because if your God doesn't know what you're going through, then, folks, giving thanks is the least of your concerns. You may be tempted to say this can't be. There has to be an exception. There has to be. And you would not be alone. Friends, there are many pastors, preachers, and ministers of the gospel who have, in an attempt to lessen the weight of this text, in an attempt to lessen the the sort of offense of this text, they've said here, they've gotten cute with it. They said, well, Paul is saying give thanks in everything and not for everything. See the distinction? They are saying that in any circumstance you find yourself, give thanks. But God isn't calling you to give thanks for the circumstance. So, 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 so that in the situation, you can still be thankful to God, but you shouldn't be thankful that you got robbed. Why would you thank God for that? I don't think they've read Ephesians chapter 5, verse 20. You know what it says? It literally says, for all things, always give thanks. Well, that stops that argument. You can't get cute with God's word. I don't want to ever let God off the hook. Do you know what I mean when I say that? I am not going to lessen the weight or the offense of God's word. Because if I truly am convicted that it's God's word, then I need to preach it as it is or sit down. Here's the thing. Ephesians 5.20 says, give thanks always for all things. That lets me know that the domain of thanksgiving is unlimited. There are no caveats, no disclaimers, no demarcations. You give thanks in every situation. But how can Paul say that? How can Paul give such a carte blanche command to be thankful? How can he say be thankful in all things? First, it's helpful if you know who Paul is and what he's been through. So if someone can tell you to give thanks, it's Paul. Paul here commands thanksgiving. Even in hard times, Paul? Yes. Even during hardship, Paul? Yes. Even in devastating ordeals? Yes. You know why? Because Paul knew the truth of Romans 8.28. If you don't know any other verses in Scripture as a Christian, Romans 8.28 is enough for you to camp out on. Do you know what it says here in Romans 8.28? And we know, not we guessed, not we hope, not we think, not we ponder, not we ruminate. We know certainty that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who, are love, who love God and who are called according to his purpose for them. The Christian can give thanks 
because he understands that he can be thankful in and for everything because God knows him fully and God knows everything fully and that the sovereign God is using all things and all experiences for their eternal good. Amen, somebody. It means all of your pain, all of your suffering, everything you've gone through, bad, good, and ugly, God is using it for your eternal good. He is working it out. And in fact, at the end of Romans 8, it says that he is conforming you to the image of his son. That's the goal for you to redeem that imago Dei, that image of God that we lost. Last time I checked, Jesus suffered. You see, in Christ, no experience is wasted. No pain, no trial, no loss. They are all used by God for your eternal good. Additionally, not only did Paul understand that foundational truth, but he also understood the privilege that we have in Christ in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. What's our privilege? You see, in verse 6 of Philippians 4, we are told that we can and should bring all of our petitions, all of our supplications, and all of our thanksgiving to God. And God says, in turn, I will give you a lasting and eternal peace, a peace that surpasses all understanding, a peace in the middle of chaos, a peace that is unmarred and undisturbed by circumstances because the sovereign God is using that very situation to change you. We are often praying to God to change the circumstance, but God is saying, I'm using the circumstances to change you. He uses them to make us into his image. Question for you, Christian. How does it land on you when I speak of the sovereignty of God and the providence of God and how he uses these things, that, that he uses it for your good? How does it land on you when you now look at your trials? How do you now understand your trials? How do you now see things when you know that everything, God is using it? The word used there is a Greek term that has to do with employment. God employs. <laughs> God gives a pay stub to pains and trials. Some of you are like, my pain has been time and a half, Daniel. I'm, I've had enough. But God uses it for our good. This brings us to our final observation. The driving force of thanksgiving. Look at the flow here. We're commanded to give thanks everywhere. And you're asking, perhaps, preacher man, how do I do that? Sure, Romans 8.28, yes, amen. Sure, I can come to God, Philippians 4.6, amen. But Paul hones in deeper here. Look at the text. It says, give thanks in everything. Why? For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. The reason Paul gives here is perhaps even deeper than Romans 8.28, or at least allows us to see something deeper. You are to give thanks because it's God's will. What does that mean? In one sense, it means that God is pleased by us giving that if you want to be in God's graces, only those who are in Christ can do so. But we have, been, we have been called to give thanks to God, and that makes God pleased. You ever heard the saying that what you celebrate, you get more of? The Nigerians, where I come from, we, we see ingratitude as robbery. If I give you a sweater and you don't say thank you, you ain't getting another one. And I might not even say hi to you unless I'm saved. Because we've spent time and effort to, to, to think of you. 
And so, in fact, in my custom, if I give you something today, you are expected to call tomorrow and say, thank you. And then people will say, oh, don't worry about it. But you try not call and see what happens. Oh, don't mention it. It's, been, it's my pleasure. But don't call and see how much they look at you strange. But we see that as robbery. But Paul knows that Romans 8.28, amen, that God is using all these things, amen, and that I could bring it to God, amen. But he says more than that, or perhaps similar to that, or perhaps something deeper than that is the fact that God has willed us to give thanks. And so God is pleased by us giving thanks. He takes pleasure in it. This, too, is a characteristic of Christians. They live before the audience of one. They are not seeking to please human beings. They are now seeking to please God. And they're the only ones who are equipped to do it because they are in Christ. In Christ, we no longer seek to please other people. We seek to serve and live at the good pleasure of God. But in another sense, when the Bible says here that it's God's will, uh, this means that God is the means by which we have the desire and the power to give thanks in every circumstance. Let me see if I can unpack that for you. You see, thanksgiving cannot be manufactured. It can't be conjured up by human beings. Otherwise, I'm just telling you, fake it till you make it. That dog don't hunt. Because you can fake it all you want to, and folks, you may never make it. Doesn't feel good if I'm just telling you, oh, buck up. It's going to get better. How do you know that? So this is not some, some form of superficial attaboy, go for it, get it. That's not what the Bible's after here. It's not telling you that, oh, do it because I'm telling you to do it. That's part of it. There's a command there. It pleases God. God is blessed by that, and you are blessed by that. When your daddy's happy, trust me, you're happy. But it goes deeper. He wills our gratitude, and he also wills our ability to be grateful. he, he, He is the one who commands us to give thanks, but he also commands the power for us to be able to give thanks. Does that make sense? Let's see if we can tease that out. It's important for me to also know that joy is a close cousin to gratitude. That in the Bible, they actually share the same root. And so joy is seen as the, a, a fruit of the spirit. Uh, the spirit produces that in you and causes you to be joyful. So essentially, the internal joy that the spirit produces is what gives way to external gratitude. So you cannot be gracious and, uh, and grateful to God unless God in you gives you an internal joy to produce that even in any circumstance. One person. The spirit of God produces internal joy in us. A joy that gives way to external expression. In essence, God himself is the driving force behind the heart of gratitude. Here's a question for you. Philippians 2. I'm going to ask my question after. Philippians 2, 12 to 13. Let's look at that real quick. Work hard to show the results of your salvation. Obeying God with deep reverence and fear. Pause. If you stop there, it sounds like the text is saying, you've got to work it out on your own. You've got to produce within you the joy that I'm talking about. You have to produce the things that please God, right? If you pause at 12. 
Look at 13. For God is working in you, giving you both the desire and the power to please him. God is the one giving you God-pleasing characters. It takes God to please God. You cannot please God without God himself putting in you what is pleasing to him. Who gets the glory? It's the way that Augustine prayed some years ago. He said, God, command what you will and then produce what you command. And they're like, wait, 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 wait. How can you tell God to command me to do something and then go back to God for the ability to fulfill the command? Because you understand that by ourselves, we cannot do anything. That God sovereignly has to infuse us with goodness in order to be good. Make sense? God is at work doing it, causing us to please him. It takes God to please God. The spirit works in us a internal joy, an internal character, an internal fortitude that pleases God. In essence, God himself is the driving force of thanksgiving. Here's my question. Are you struggling with giving thanks to God? Have you asked God for his help? Have you asked the spirit of the living God will work in you a joy that produces gratitude? Our text is clear. Only those of us who are in Christ Jesus are willed by God to give thanks. And whatever God wills for us, he equips us for. I love the way one pastor says it. If he wills it for you, he'll work it in you. Amen? We have a God that isn't demanding of us what he hasn't already put in us to be able to produce. In fact, that's why the Old Testament exists partially to show you all of the commandments and laws of God, and you are supposed to see them and say, oh, my God, I can't do this on my own, enters grace. So in conclusion, we are commanded to give thanks in and for all circumstances because this is God's will for us who are in Christ Jesus. And God himself supplies both the desire and the power to give. Because whatever he wills for us, he will work in us. Amen? Got a few action steps for you. First, I want to encourage you to meditate on God's word daily and pray. I want you to pray for at least three important things. You can pray for whatever. It's your daddy. Talk to him however you want to. Pray that the Holy Spirit will open your eyes to discover what God has done for you in Christ Jesus. As you read through his word, pray that the Spirit of God will open your eyes to see what he's done for you. Secondly, pray that the Holy Spirit will help you see all the good things that he's doing in this world and in your life. Folks, this gets hard. You really need supernatural eyes to see what God is doing because naturally speaking, it's dismal. And thirdly, ask that the Holy Spirit will produce in you a sincere and supernatural gratitude for God. Secondly, Continue if you have already started or maybe start to participate in the 21 days of prayer and fasting. Do it with your small groups. A wonderful opportunity for you to do those things. And thirdly, join us tonight. Or, or, or uh, actually, yeah, tonight. Join us tonight um, as we do our prayer night. Last one. 
6.30 p.m. Great time for us to come together and pray. You can do it online or you can do it in person. And then lastly, I want to encourage you that every morning we are on Facebook with a time of devotional and prayer. Join us for that. Time to sort of set your day with God. Great opportunity. Let's stand, folks. First, I want to talk to those who may be in the room, online, driving in your car, wherever God's word finds you. If you don't know God, your gratitude, your joy is temporal. It's ephemeral. It's non-lasting. And I might even ask, I might even add that it's superficial. The only way you can have lasting joy, even in the midst of chaos, because human joy is circumstantial. It's by God putting his spirit in you to produce that. And even more than that, the joy that the Christian has stems out of the work of Christ on the cross. Something you don't know if you don't know God. We will have to give an account for how we've lived our life. And I'd rather have pain and suffering now than pain and suffering for eternity. I'd have to have separation now than separation for all eternity. I'd rather have Jesus than what life has to offer. Because what life has to offer is temporal, fleeting. It won't last and it won't produce for you what it's promised to produce for you. There's one prayer that God has obligated himself to answer for people who don't know him least people who don't have a relationship with him Romans 10 13 says everyone who calls on the name of God will be saved so friend wherever you are if you don't know Christ call on him now that he would save you that he would call you in that you would know joy in him not a joy that's absence of pain but a joy that even in the midst of pain you can thank God for your circumstance to the Christians in the room, to the Christians online, to whoever you are, if you know Christ, never take your eyes off the Savior. He's given you so much in Christ that it would be a fool's errand to find joy in anyone and anything else. Rest in the work of God. Rest in the sovereignty of God that he is working all things out for your eternal good. And then know that even when it's hard, even when it's tough, you can come to God Give him your prayers, your supplication, and your thanks, and the peace of God that surpasses all understanding would guard, garrison, would be a centurion around your heart. Father, we thank you so much for your goodness. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for being able to thank you. And Father, we pray that you would breathe life into us that you would create in us by your spirit an internal joy that gives way to the expression of gratitude, that we would be known as people who are thankful even in the midst of chaos. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Once again, we want to thank you so much for listening to this message, and we pray that it meets you wherever you're at, whatever circumstance you're going through. Um, that you are able to pray and to uh, to thank God, uh, even in the midst of your circumstances. Um, want to remind you to go ahead and check out our Now page that has our most up-to-date information for how you can get connected, how you can get involved, how you can 
give even, and um, just uh, pray that uh, you go throughout the rest of your day, the rest of this week, uh, knowing that God is right by your side, and you can talk to him whenever you want to. Have a great day. We'll see you real soon.